Welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle, a podcast for midlife moms who want to make the next season of life their best one yet. I am your host, Jenny Gwynn. You might find yourself transitioning into a new phase of life as your children become more independent or leave the nest. Mama, I am here to tell you that your life isn't over. You simply have new opportunities ahead of you. After years of pouring your heart and soul into raising your family, it is your turn to reconnect with yourself. In this podcast, we will talk about the joys and challenges of midlife. You will be inspired to rediscover your God-given purpose or to dust off old dreams and make them a reality. You'll learn how to navigate relationships with your adult children, to reconnect in your marriage, or focus on your health by being more active or finally losing the weight you've struggled with for years. Whatever this next season of life brings, this podcast will equip and encourage you to be happy, healthy, and holy. Hey friends, welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle. I am so grateful that you are with me this week. So I have a really special guest this week. It's somebody that I want to introduce you to. It's somebody that I talk about quite often. And that somebody is my husband, Gary. Welcome, Gary. Thank you, Jenny. It's good to be back on the podcast. So last year, uh, around our anniversary, we recorded a podcast and talked about all the things about our marriage, about raising children, about our faith. And it actually was a huge hit. We had lots of downloads and lots of people at church or people that we would see out and about. Men and women said that they listened to the podcast and how it really impacted their marriage. And so we decided that we would do it each year on our anniversary. On May 26th, we celebrated 33 33 years of marriage and wanted to come together again and talk about things. Uh, Year 32 of our marriage uh, presented a lot of challenges. Right. There were lots of transitions that we experienced and they were the transitions that we talk about so much in midlife. There are transitions that my Catholic moms in the middle and coaching that that they bring. And so we're just going to tell you some of those transitions. So do you want to start? Well, so last year, I guess the first really impactful thing is for a very short period of time, we became empty nesters because our youngest son, Jackson, graduated from high school in May and went off to college in August. Right. Right. Another Uh, Pretty much throughout the course of the entire year, the thing we dealt with, or the first eight months anyway, was my mother, who had been in assisted living, had had a a variety of different health challenges. And from about, I guess it was May, she was in the hospital for a spell, was out, in and out of the hospital, wound up back in the hospital with a very major stroke. Uh, in August, the beginning of August, and she passed on August 5th of last year, which that that presented a, a variety of different challenges. Obviously, losing a parent, my last parent, the house that I grew up in as a child that she had not been in in several years, it had been vacant, we had to, and by the grace of God, you and our children and some very close friends right. helped us, and we had to empty the house, which doesn't sound like a big deal, but my mom was kind of a hoarder, and that was two 30-yard construction dumpsters, a very full 1-800-got-junk, 
countless trips to Goodwill. Um, and there's still a 10 by 15 storage unit that is completely full. Wow. And not only like the physical aspect of going through that stuff, it was also the emotions. Like it was the house that you grew up in. It was the house your sister grew up in. And so it was years. They bought the house in the 60s. Mid 60s. And so it was years of um, just stuff that they had gathered and collected. And so it was the emotional aspect of what do you want to hold on to? What do you want to let go? Because you can't keep everything. Everything can't be sentimental. So right. you had to decide what were those things that you wanted to hold on to. Well, I think the most important lesson I learned going through that process is that the stuff is the stuff. The memories from my childhood through my teenage years until we got married and I moved out of the house, that's what I hold on to. The stuff is just stuff. The memories are ingrained within me. They're part of who I am. Right. And sometimes you have an item that triggers a memory. Maybe you got something on vacation or there's the the things that remind you of parents around the holidays, the decorations. A lot of times memories are triggered by those. We have all those memories collected in our in our mind, but also in our heart. Absolutely. Yes. All right. So Uh, what else happened? So another major, gigantically impactful, this is a joyful thing. Um, So we had a sorrowful thing with my mom passing. A joyful thing that happened is you and I became grandparents on May 27th, 8th. May 24th. (laughs) No, we became grandparents. Oh, grandparents. I'm sorry. I was thinking about Jack. I was wrong. Jack's birthday was May 24th. Our anniversary is May 26th. And Penny was born on May May 28th. May 27th. May 27th. I'll get it right one of these days. Um, Absolute, unbelievable blessing. You hear um, when you get, you know, middle-aged and beyond, you hear about becoming a grandparent and all the joys and all the greatness of being a grandparent. And it all sounds good until you actually live it and you realize, oh my gosh, this is really, really cool. You know, it's a different experience. It's a different level of parenting, if you will. And it's, and it's so awesome because, one, we have a granddaughter who just turned a year old. And having three boys, I finally got my little girl. Yes. Having Penny here and, and watching her as she learns things and, and grows is amazing. But probably the thing that has been even more impactful to me is watching our oldest son, Justin, and, and it brings me great joy to watch him as a dad, and I'm so incredibly proud of him and the, and the father that he has been this past year. Unbelievable support to his wife, Paige, um, and an unbelievable father. And, and watching the two of them together, uh, their teamwork is phenomenal. Right. Very proud. It, it is interesting. Those of you who are grandparents will understand, and those of you who aren't grandparents yet, this is what you have to look forward to, that just seeing your child be a parent after you've experienced it and you know like the highs, the lows, the joys, the worries, it's just, it's such an amazing thing to see. And just the love that you have for your grandchild, like Gary said, everybody says it's going to be the best thing that's ever happened to you. And just wait. And it really is like people, I talked to 
friends who have just recently become grandparents like us, and we're all like, yes, people told us, but you don't fully understand it until, until, you have, you, until you're there. Right. Until you have that sweet baby. All right. So that was something very so joyful. That was joyful. A couple other things that, that happened. One, I, I've totally missed at the beginning of the year, but two things that were, were very much not joyful on the front end, uh, but on the back end, we found the joy in them. One, we lost your grandfather in January of last year, yes. uh, 97 years old. Yes. And the number of lives and the impact he had on your entire family, on really the entire Catholic community in Middle Tennessee, is he truly had and left a legacy. He did. And I recorded a whole podcast on him. If you haven't listened to it, I will include a link in the show notes that talks about a legacy of love and how he shared his faith and things that happened when he was in World War II and how that just strengthened his faith. And then through his children and grandchildren, how he passed that faith down. So he he was truly an amazing man. Yes. And another thing that it was uh, it was already ongoing, but last year was challenging, but in the end became a blessing was my sister who was struggling with breast cancer. And through the grace of God and an immense outpouring of prayers and an unbelievable will from her, she has beaten breast cancer. And, and it was, it was not good. Uh, it was a triple negative or double negative stage three. And she's well, well on the road to recovery and, and what a blessing that has been. And again, just prayers answered because we, there were so many people praying for her throughout that process and that journey. And it was quite a journey. Yes. She's definitely a trooper. All right. So those were some major transitions that we experienced. And then in the fall, we had my parents decided to move in with us. And we had been joking for a couple of years. They needed to downsize. Their house was too large. And we knew our youngest son was going off to college. And we have bedrooms and a bonus room upstairs and we would jokingly say we'll just sell it and move in with us and one day we got the phone call that hey we think we're going to take you up on your offer and so at the end of November uh, last year around Thanksgiving they made the move and you know what it was a year of cleaning out because we also had to go through their house they hadn't lived in this house quite as long as Gary's mom 20-25 years But we still had to help them downsize. And again, like there's the physical aspect of it. It's hard and letting stuff go, but also that emotional aspect of stuff that you've accumulated and determining what you want to keep and what you want to let go of. And so my sisters and I, we helped them with that. And of course, the the son-in-laws, we couldn't have done it without them. And nephews. And nephews. And grandsons. Yes. And so they moved in at the end of November. We're here about a month and then went to Florida for the winter. And so they came back right before Easter. And so we're in that transition phase of trying to figure it out. We enjoy having them here. Absolutely. But it's still a transition. Like we're trying to figure things out. They're trying to figure out their space. We're trying to figure out you know, meals and making them feel comfortable in the kitchen. And so, um, 
you know, even though it's a joyful transition and there are lots of blessings, there's also areas that we're still figuring out. So, and then, you know, we get them home and our youngest son's college semester wraps up. So we have a full house once again. Almost. Right. We have one more bedroom <laughs> that we can fill. But it, but it's very good. And so we share with you these transitions because as we're talking, you may be able to relate some of the transitions we've gone through, but you may also be experiencing different transitions. And like I said before, the, the Catholic moms in the middle that I work with, we seem to have similar transitions. And sometimes it can seem like you're the only one going through it. If you have a parent that you're caring for or someone who's sick or you're um, downsizing or going through a house or whatever, it can seem like you're the only one. But there seems to be some similarities in midlife where you know, you're welcoming grandchildren, you're seeing your children as adults become parents, and you're, and you're all... And you're having to navigate those relationships with your, not only your adult children, but also your in-laws. Or parents. Or parents. Right, all yes. And sometimes those relationships can be a little tricky. I know navigating the relationship with adult children, when I talk to my Catholic moms in the middle, some that can be one of the tricky ones because you're having to let go. You're having to let them make decisions, which sometimes aren't always the best decisions. Sometimes they are good decisions. But you're having to let go and that can bring up a lot of stress or anxiety. And so Gary and I were talking about all of the transitions that we went through, the challenges, the joys, all of the blessings that we found, what helped us navigate those. And I think we both would agree that first and foremost, it was our faith. No question about it. Right. It was depending on our faith, like having the faith, knowing that we could take it to prayer. Prayer, daily prayer, just having that ongoing dialogue with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, asking for intercession from Mary, especially when you're facing challenging times, be it in-laws or grandchildren or sick parents. Adult children. Adult children, really adult children sometimes. That's, it just, it just helps you to kind of slow down and put things in a different perspective so that you can, you know, you can't do it on your own. You have to have help and through faith and the guidance through prayer, you kind of get that, that roadmap of how do I navigate this? You know, you can't always, we were always worried about saying the right thing and not saying the wrong thing. You can't worry so much about that. You've just got to be honest and take it to prayer. Try to do that before you have the difficult conversation. And it's crazy. You'll the the path will be illumined for you, and you'll be able to, to navigate that and and you know find the right words, find the right actions, and it things fall into place. And I think when you filter everything through prayer, like when you take it to prayer and filter whatever the struggles are or the challenges. When you filter it through prayer and ask for the Holy Spirit to intercede and to help you, then that's when all of that happens. You may not always say the right words, but 
when you take everything to prayer, you you just have this belief that things are going to work out. I know we, Gary, we were recently talking about going to Mass and how, and I don't say this in a bragging way, but we just don't miss Mass. Mass is a non-negotiable for us, and so we go every weekend. Every weekend. Yes. We don't miss Mass. And we, it's, it's interesting because 30 or so years ago, we weren't necessarily that way. 30 years ago, you know, I was I would look for reasons and the opportunity to talk you out of you know what let's go to you know let's go to mass tonight and it comes around to the evening mass and we're cooking or we're doing this or we're doing that oh we'll just go next week I can even remember early on in our marriage and I may have shared this last year in our podcast that it was when your phone's plugged into the wall and you didn't have caller ID you just had to answer it and yeah. you were surprised at who was there and on Sundays, if we didn't go to Mass, I would maybe not answer the phone because I was worried it might be my mom or dad checking in to make sure we went to Mass. Right. Obviously, our faith has grown and developed over the years. It's and matured. It has very, yes, it's matured and you learn lessons. And so, you know, like I said, I don't say that like, oh, we're so holy, we go to Mass every week. But what we have found is that mass is what grounds us. Like oh mass is what where we go to be filled, especially receiving the Eucharist, so that we can be parents and grandparents. We can, you be know, married, a married couple, yes, friends. Yes, have, we both have clients we take care of. All aspects of life. It just it's we get fed, we get our fuel, um, our sustenance. It, it all comes from Mass. You know, you sit there, and, and no, not every homily is life-changing, but pretty much if you're really listening, and sometimes it's hard, but if you're really listening, and, and you pray to the Holy Spirit before the homily starts, to give me the words from this homily that can help me become more like you, then it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. Absolutely. And so you, you always take something away from, you know, from the scripture or from the homily. And then, of course, you're going to get fed with the Eucharist. So, I mean, that's our sustenance. Right. It's what I know. It's what I always um, fall back on during the week or it's just it's like filling your car up with gas. You have to keep filling your car up so that you can keep moving forward. Gary, I know that we have different prayer routines or prayer practices during the week. And for me, the one thing that I love to do each day is to read the daily readings. I read the daily readings and reflect on them and allow the Holy Spirit to to move me and speak to me through those. So Gary, what do you do that is similar? What is that one thing that you do every day that keeps you grounded? Well, I am, I will admit, kind of that typical um, all-over-the-place male person who I struggle a lot of times with routines as far as sitting down and doing, you know, a morning offering and morning prayers every day and reading the scripture every day. I'm inconsistent with that. But the one thing I'm very consistent with that is super, super impactful for me is a daily rosary. And that's kind of a non-negotiable for me. That gives me a lot of peace. It helps. I pray it in the morning, usually on the drive in, and it, uh, you know, it just it it helps me stop the wheels from turning for a period of time 
that I can focus and get centered for the day. It makes a huge difference. Yes. So we talked about all the transitions we went through last year. We talked about um, mass and part of our prayer practices. And I think now we have a little bit of time left to talk about our marriage. And I truly think that we embraced and met all of those transitions as a team. No I think question. you and I very much, we joke all the time about we make a good team. We just hosted a, a brunch today for family members. And, you know, each one of us had the task that we were trying to accomplish and it all came together. Gary and I married when we were very young. I was 19. He was 21. So we've grown up a lot together. We've learned a lot together. What would you, like, what are a couple things that you would tell someone, like, to encourage them in their marriage? Gosh. Well, if I, especially if I look at this past year, because there were some, you know, life-altering challenges with, with losing a parent, with illness, with losing a grandparent, you know, these things and, and everything we went through with cleaning out the house both your parents' house and my mom's house. It, it, there were times that it kind of pulled us apart because we weren't together, and there were, it, there were times that it brought us together because we were working together and, and helping each other. Uh, I think the big thing is just, again, kind of staying grounded in our faith and being able to have that open dialogue with each other. And, you know, there were times I would be doing, you know, whatever at my mom's house, and you'd be like, okay, you've been up there for long enough, come home, get some rest. And I'm kind of hard-headed, and I wouldn't do that. And so just being able to have that dialogue and talk through it and allowing each other to worry about each other and not not nag, but just really look out for each other and and allow that to, to, to unify us. And I think that's the big word for me would be unity. Through all these different obstacles and roadblocks we went through last year, we stayed very unified. I mean... You were right by my side in all the bad times. I tried to be by your side in all the good times and bad times. And it just, I mean, we we work. And I think it's easy, like he said, with so much stuff going on and emotional things. And it, it's so easy to be pulled apart, even without life transitions, just through daily life work and all of the other demands. It's easy to become disconnected. And we don't always do a great job of that. Sometimes we can feel that there's a disconnect and we talk about it and we look for ways to reconnect. And I think it's making one another a priority. Absolutely. Always, of course, our faith is first and foremost, but then underneath that is our marriage. And again, our marriage is a non-negotiable, right? Like we're in this and we're going to figure it out and trying to always connect and and check in on one another. And like you said, even when we were sitting at the hospital with your mom, like we just, when we could, tried to do it together as a team. And it made all the difference in the world. Yes. So we hope that this has um, encouraged you. We wanted to give you a little glimpse inside of our marriage and to just let you know that life is full of transitions You will always go through transitions, but 
through faith with your partner, you can move through them. Even when they seem dark, even when they seem impossible, you can always move through them. And something else you said, Gary, really quick as we wrap up is that it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to reach out and ask for help and to let someone help you. And again, that's part of that connecting in marriage and making each other a priority, allowing the other person to help you. And that's a lot of, I have an S on my chest and a lot of men do. And a lot of men struggle with that. And, you know, I try to carry everything on my back, but you can't do it all. You have to rely on your spouse, your children, your adult children, and other people to help. And And your faith. And your faith. First and foremost. And we did a great job of that last year, I think. Absolutely. All right, friends. Gary, will you close us in prayer? Sure. (laughs) I said, said, don't put me on the spot. (laughs) And I did. (laughs) In the name of the Father, and Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, my brother, we just thank you for all the blessings and graces that you shower upon us that we don't deserve. We thank you for our families, for our children, for our grandchildren, for our friends, We thank you first and foremost for the sacrifice you made for us on the cross, allowing us to be set free from our sinful world. Um, Ask you to bless marriages, our own and all those from all over the world. And keep us safe. Please be with all of our children. Give them a desire to know and love and serve you. And... Help us to navigate our lives with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, friends, stay happy, healthy, and holy, and I will see you again next week. God bless. For more information on Catholic Moms in the Middle or to set up your complimentary Moms in the Middle mentoring session, go to catholicmomsinthemiddle.com or find me on Facebook at Catholic Moms in the Middle for even more encouragement and support as you embrace this next season of life. The music for this podcast was written by Sean Williams, Catholic composer and musician. You'll find more of Sean's original music at musicbyshawnwilliams.com. That is musicbyshawn, S-H-A-W-N, williams.com.